Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble. Uh, it's me, Kiz, our resident West Bromwich Albion fan. Uh, I'm outnumbered this week, but I am joined by our resident Wolves fan, JB. JB, how are you? Yeah, good fella. Uh, well, yeah, good mate. Not too good, bad. Good, good. You'll, be You'll be disappointed after the weekend, but we'll get into we'll that. We'll get into that, into it in a bit. Yeah, yeah. We will. And we're also joined by... Um, uh, can you call him a famous Wolves fan? I don't know. If, if being famous for being famous a Famous is a bit fan, strong. Yeah, if you've been famous <laughs> for being a football fan was a thing, uh, I think this man fits the criterion. Um, Harry, how are you? Yeah, doing all right. Like I say, weekend ruined, but um, well, I've entered Tuesday in a much better mood. So <laughs> yeah. here we go. Looking forward to this. For those of you uh, who are new listeners, uh, this is Harry's third time on the podcast. Um, you might recognise a voice, but you're not quite sure where, or you might not know Harry. If you don't, Harry has made a name for himself online by being a little bit of a wind-up merchant, but also is pursuing sports journalism, if I'm not mistaken, Harry. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. and puts out some really, really uh, good long-read content on Wolves. Uh, you can find him at, is it at Harry Ross Hughes on Twitter? Yes, it is. Yeah, I recently Fantastic. changed it. Yeah, there I did see that. I did see yes. that. Yes. The official HRH handle is gone. So if you want to read um, <laughs> Harry's often divisive and controversial um, opinions, uh, which are very, very well put together, you can find him at, um, at Harry Ross Hughes on Twitter. Now, before we get into the podcast, um, I want to start with our football trivia. This week, there is a tedious link to Wolves um, because there's a Portuguese theme. 12 okay. players in the Premier League, have amassed at least 100 appearances. How many of those 12 can you name? I'm going to let you two have the next minute or so to get as many as you can, and then we'll come back to it later on. I'll tick them off as you go. There's your question. Which 12 Portuguese players have made up 100 Premier League appearances? Okay. Um, well, we've got to start with the, the obvious one, Ronaldo. Yeah. No, um, yeah, that's the hard one out the way. That's the, yeah, that's the hard one out the way. Mm -hmm. um, I'll fire one. Yeah, Nani. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, what about Cavalio, ex-Chelsea? Yes, that's three. Shout, that is. Mm -hmm. Ooh, did it, did it do Portuguese? I've got to think now. Would Moutinho have made... Would, would Moutinho never? So that, but they wouldn't have made 100, would they? Because actually, we've had, this is our, is this our fourth season, the Prem. With, yeah, and can, yeah, and, and they've well, been there since season one. I think they've been they there since. Oh, they saying that this is for early doors, fourth season, ain't we? Mm. So for for hundred appearances, there's thirty-eight games in a season. So yeah, so so there's a big Neves didn't miss many. Neves is Neves Neves got to be one. Of the he thought. is. Yeah, Neves is on there. Yeah. Surely, surely Moutinho's a shout as well, because like I said, we still have pretty much the I same squad Moutinho. as we did when we started in 2018. Yeah. So let's go with that. Yeah, we don't Moutinho's have to on the list. I feel like Nick Knowles in Who Dares Wins. That one is on the <laughs> list. Um, so you've got, uh, I think that's five. You've got You've got Ronaldo, you've got Nani, you've got Carvalho, you've got Neves, and you've got Moutinho. So you've got seven to go. If you want to get a couple more, and then we'll loop back later. Yeah. They're, um, all, they're all proper Premier League big names. Um, obviously, they've played 100 games. They're going to be. But uh, uh, you'll kick yourself if there's any you don't get. Yeah, so old Portuguese, I would just think. Um, there wasn't there a couple of Portuguese lads for... What about, what about Ferreira for Chelsea? That, that's some shout. That's your sixth. Uh, yes, that was a tough one. I don't think I would have got that. I, I remember there was a couple of Portuguese... Because obviously, Mourinho came from Porto, didn't they? Yeah, and he yeah. brought... A couple of lads with him. So would that include would would Deco be in there as well? Deco didn't play enough games, but I look no. I like the thinking and I'm I'm very impressed that you got Paulo Ferreira. Um unless there's one that you want to chuck at me right now, I'm happy to leave it there and loop back later. I've on. got one more unless you have no. Harry. No, I think I'm 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 fine for now. So um I'm gonna think this is a bit left left field because I'm thinking old school here. I think he's got it. Luis Bomorte. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Appearance that's... maker. That might that's have been a better teaser, actually, which Portuguese players had the, has played the most Premier League games. And it is Luis Bomorte with 296. Yeah, was... That is yes. some serious games. Yeah. Was that across just Arsenal and Fulham? Or was it someone else? 
Um, just Arsenal Fulham, them two. I can't think where else I, he went. I only know him from his time at Fulham. I didn't know he played for Arsenal. It might have been a little bit before. Yeah, yeah. Time. Yeah, he played, he, he played quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, I remember he, he played against us in the FA Cup in so 98 in the semi final. You got All seven right. straight away. I think we're happy to leave it there. Those of yeah, you who are yeah. at home, feel Good free to tweet them. us now. Um, Liam tweeted us last week uh, mid podcast, and um, if you don't mind me saying, Liam berated JB <laughs> for not getting some of the answers, and then got them wrong himself. Um, yeah. <laughs> wait till, Liam, wait till I means... see you. In, wait till I see you in the gym, Liam. I haven't seen you in the gym yet. <laughs> By all means, get involved, just like Liam. Um, but maybe, maybe be a little bit careful. You're not sending the wrong answers in, but that did make me careful, Liam. Thanks for that. Um, so, um, now we're going to move on to dissecting a little bit of, um, Wolves season so far. Albion listeners, we will get into Albion a little bit later on. And we've got a lot to talk about with Albion, to be fair, with the way the season's gone. However, or the way the last few games have gone. However, two Wolves fans on, we've got a special Wolves guest. It would be rude not to start with Wolves. Um, Harry, your wish at the end of last season, uh, a well-publicised wish, was Bruno out. Um, Another wish might not have been necessarily Bruno in, but that's how it's transpired. Um, Wolves play Spurs tomorrow. Another chance to see Bruno take on Nuno. Um, Harry, how satisfied are you now that Nuno's departed Molyneux and Bruno Large has replaced him? Well, I think obviously when the decision came, I was I thought this is definitely the right time. And getting in somebody, obviously the outline was we need a manager who's going to attack more, someone who's going to bring out the best of some of our attacking players. And while I don't think anybody straight away after Nuno went would say Bruno Lage, he's the guy in. When mm. we started to do a little bit of homework at him, he had a very brief spell at Benfica, but they broke all sorts of records. And he promised to play attacking football. Obviously, there's that Jal Felix link when he brought, he brought him into football. So I think when he, he came and he speaks a lot clearer, Nuno's normally quite caged. And all of a sudden, Bruno, he was quite communicative in his early interviews, even though he didn't have too many in the summer. I think it's been a refreshing change. Obviously, the first five games, they've been strange because the first three, we were brilliant. The results, to lose one of those games 1-0 would have been unlucky. But to have lost the first three like that, all 1-0, it was just mm-hmm. so unfortunate. And like I said, the Watford game, we probably played worse in that one than the three before. And we won. So that's football. I think as it stands, Nuno joining Spurs is also made it all quite interesting in terms of the dynamic because he's already come to Molyneux and uh, we have a new manager and we're trying to move forward. But it's, it's interesting for now. It's been quite harsh, I think. I think we should have more points on the board than what we have right now. But the Brentford mm. game was a bit concerning. I think that was the first time this season when we thought, Oh Christ, yeah, that wasn't great. I mean, going on every attacking player. Too. I think there was one point as well. It makes me laugh now thinking about it. In terms of, we could easily say in the first three games, oh, we've been so unlucky not to have scored more goals. And arguably we have. But there was this point in that Brentford game when they didn't know that, we didn't know we were offside, but we were. And there were three Wolves attackers, three Wolves players, and just the goalkeeper to beat. And they still couldn't score. And yeah. then you're thinking, it's like Brighton last season when everyone kept saying, oh, well, they've been unlucky. They're, they're outperforming their XG. Sometimes is that going to be a recurring case of us of bad luck? Or sometimes is it just a case of we're not clinical enough? And if we're not, that could be a little bit of an issue this season. But, but we'll wait and see. Wait yeah. and see. Yeah, it will do. And JB, I'll let you jump in in just a moment. Um, We will get into Brentford and unlucky versus maybe not grey or, you know, this grey area that you've touched on there, Harry. But JB, I want to ask you a question. Obviously, under Nuno, Wolves built a very um, clear identity. They built a very clear um, path to success, obviously, with the Mendes um, reign, if you like, uh, Fosun coming in. How easy is it to move on from Nuno to Bruno and um, without maybe the shadow of the Nuno era hanging over Wolves because so much of what Wolves have built was what Nuno built and his yeah. DNA lives in the club with the Portuguese recruitment with um the, you know the style of play the he galvanized the fan base I guess what I'm trying to ask is do you think the shadow of Nuno hangs over Wolves now and will continue to hang over Wolves um, I'll answer that quite. And it might be interesting. I think that's a really fantastic question, by the way. Really good question. And I think when I give my answer, I think I could divide a lot of our listeners. But for me, no, absolutely not. I think the remit, when when Nuno went, I think the way the club made the statement was quite telling. I think some of the stuff that came out in the press afterwards is quite telling. Um, 
I think the appointment to Bruno Large was quite obviously had been in the pipeline for a number of months. Mm. You know, it, it, it was leaked out and it was from a very reliable source that they were going to bomb him after the, the Albion game when you beat us at Molyneux 3-2. Yeah. That was very, very close to being done. It was the Arsenal game that saved Nuno Skin in, 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 all, in all honesty. Um, and for me, I, I think, listen, I know when, when people were talking about Nuno and I know Harry would have felt this a lot more early than probably I did and maybe other Wolves fans did because fair play to Harry, he called it out way ahead of the curve than, than what other Wolves fans did. But we often got accused of being, you know, or um, being a bit ungrateful. The grass isn't always greener. You know, um, you know, God, do you remember the days when we were dross and this, that and the other? Whereas actually, I think by the time the season finished last year, I think I would say a good 80, 85% of the fan base are probably disillusioned with what had happened the last sort of 12 to 18 months prior to that. And I think if people are really honest, I think we were ready for a change. Um, and I think the fact that Bruno came in with the remit of actually, you've got to transform this squad from being one of the most negative, defensive, low block units in the Premier League to an all out attacking unit. And let's be honest with you, he hasn't been backed. He hasn't been backed. That's a fact. He has not been backed, right? You know, we, we've got a, we've actually got a, a, a positive surplus of six million. You know, it, 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 in terms of our transfer window spend, he hasn't been backed, and he's and he's pretty much got really has got Nuno's players plus a couple of others. I think actually Wolves fans have really really got on board with this whole thing. Yeah. They actually realise what a monumental task Bruno's got. Because it's not like it's not like Jeff Shee and Fos have gone right. Nuno's gone. Thanks ever so much for what you've done. We, we we came to the end of that cycle. What we want Bruno to do is basically come in, change the style of the club, change the style of football. We want to be entertained. We want to have you know free flowing football. We want to have a go at getting into Europe, but we'll accept considering a couple of goals and da 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 da. Here is a seventy five million pot to go and make it your own team. Mm. They haven't done that. What they've done is they've gone actually. We'll keep all the trailer, right, Nevers. You know, we'll turn down bids, you know, that come in a, a below a certain mark. Don't, hey, listen, don't let them kid you, though. If someone had come in at 75 million each for yeah. Neves and Trey, right, they'd have been gone. Yeah. So yeah. They'd, they'd have been gone, right? But either way, they've kept them, which is great, which is, which is instrumental for, for our season. But the fact that Bruno has got to come in and do this almost miracle work and, and literally flip it. Do I say 180 or 360, Kieran? Tell me. Yeah. Uh, 180. Um, you know, and flip it 180 and literally li- change the dynamics of the whole squad. We're pretty much the exact same, type, same, same team, apart yeah. from Trincao. Um, and obviously Huang, you know, it will come on and, and add different dynamisms and things. I think the Wolves fans have really brought into actually what, what, what task he's done. I think we'll always be grateful. And I'm talking from a personal perspective and a lot of Wolves fans in our now. We'll always be grateful for what Nuno did, the DNA he implemented, the way he revolutionised our club when we were really at a point where, where the hell do we go? Um, we, 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 when Nuno came in, prior to Nuno coming in and the backing, obviously we had Zenga, Lambert and, you know, Kenny Jackie before that. We were we were definitely heading towards that mid-90s, early 2000s, languishing, mid, mid-table mid championship, not really going anywhere. Might, might spark up a playoff, playoff bid one year and then be, you know what I mean, just floating. And Nuno was our messiah for, for four years, four years. Um, you know, but ultimately the cycle came to an end. And I think it's a great question what you pose. I hope I'm not, I'm not rambling, but my answer is no, I don't think that we knew no shadow is overhanging. I think he pretty much moved on straight away because people realized that we needed to move on. Bruno has come in with a, um, uh, what's the word I'm after? Come with a remit of what he's got to do. And he, He's doing it completely constrained in my my eyes. He hasn't been backed. He's had to really convince these lads to completely play different ways they did under Nuno. And I think the Walsh fans are massively on board with it. Um, but, I, but I think Saturday lunchtime would have been the first time where there would have been a few murmurs going around because um, it wasn't it wasn't pretty to watch on Saturday. Yeah, and Harry, I want to get your thoughts on that. How do you think the transition's been from from Nuno to Bruno? How do you think, in terms of style of play and in terms of atmosphere around the club, how do you think that transition's gone? I think it, because I think Fosen timed it well. I think any later, especially with fans in the ground, it would have started to become, I think, quite toxic. For sure. I mean, that's what the majority of people online have said. He wouldn't have lasted last season if the fans had been in because not necessarily the results, but the football and, and the lack of fight sometimes showing, it just would have been quite a horrible end. So the way it ended, 
it is quite pleasant. And I think in terms of transitioning, like I say, the board's job in that summer, you've got a new manager, is not necessarily to lob £150 million, but to say, listen, three, four players, which ones do you want? And we'll, we'll get them for you after all. It's your new job. That's what normally what they should be doing in that position. So like I say, the transition could have been easier if in the summer we just paid a little bit extra to get those two, three players in in the summer. I don't think we would. I think we would have had more points for sure. And like I say, it's not necessarily, and you look at our starting eleven. They can easily play that football well. They can easily get results in this division and score goals. The real concern of this all will be, what happens if we get those two, three injuries? What happens in January when the African Cup of Nations happens? Because I tell you what, that squad is thinner than you think. The bench looks quite good at the minute. The starting 11 looks quite good at the moment. But I think a couple of injuries can really start to, to sway it. But as it stands right now, I think, like I said, the majority of the Wolves fans, especially those that were in shock when he left, I think are now starting to understand why that decision was made. The football, was it was a joy to watch. It, the last season, it got really tiresome watching Wolves sometimes. Like I didn't sometimes, the first 10, 20 minutes, you knew for a fact we weren't going to score, we weren't going to attack. Whereas now, especially going into the Brentford game, there was a lot of optimism. I think maybe a bit too much. Fans went into the ground kind well, of thinking, here yeah, we go, maybe. we're going to show, finally we're going to start scoring 3-4-0. So that was the shock. However, I think that if you ask Wolves fans a massive poll, the majority would be on board right now with the decision that's been made. It's just a massive shame that I, he didn't get backed accordingly in the summer or else I think we really could have had something special this season, a top half finish, maybe fighting for Europe. But we're two, three inches, injuries away from a possible real difficult spell this season. So we'll wait and see. Yeah, well, it's true. to, And I think you're still paying the, the price for injuries from last season. You know, Neto's not in the team. Bolly's not played. Um uh, obviously Johnny's out long term I think that that is a, a really big concern um that that could get even worse as you say Harry um I think I think we probably covered the recruitment there I did want to touch on that but uh, I think Trinkau has been really really promising I think he looks good um but what do you think about uh Huang Hee Chan uh JB would you welcome a start for the South Korean yeah absolutely and, and I, I think tomorrow night's game is it, perfect him yeah. to start, it, it's a it's a no pressure cup tie. Um, no pressure cup tie, um, and you know I think I think he's going to really mix it up tomorrow. Um, I've read a couple of little things that have been leaked today about about he's apparently going to go to the back four tomorrow with Bolly and Mosquera. Not mm-hmm. sure how true that is, but apparently that that that's what they've been working in training. Huang I think will start. He's not really impressive for me, and he's come on. I, I really like his yeah. style. I think I touched on it in the in the podcast last week. You know, he's, he's nicknamed the bull for no reason, uh, for no reason, for a reason, sorry. Um, you know, he, he's very, very good. He's tenacious. He's rapid. He, the, that boy is quick, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and, and I really like him. And I, I've loved the look. I'd love to see him start. In what in what sense? And when I say in what sense, I mean exactly how I'd like to see him start. I'm not quite sure. I'm really intrigued to see how or who he starts with um, tomorrow, whether it's a sort of a 4 2 3 one, or whether he plays off someone in a two, it'd be really interesting to see see where where Bruno sort of sees him play. But I think I think he's been a really clever signing. The fact we've got him out on loan, I think there's not um, an, an option to buy, so not an obligation to buy. I'm not sure yeah, how yeah. much for. Um, so yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me. I think if he has a good game tomorrow, it would not surprise me to see him start um, against Southampton on on Sunday. Oh yeah, brilliant, and I think it's. Um... It's a bit of a dress rehearsal for him tomorrow because as yeah. good as he's looked in the in the couple of games he's played or the couple of cameos he's had, um, it is a different kettle of fish starting a game. Um, quickly, Harry, would you like to see Kwang Yi Chan get a get a start because he you know he has looked very impressive off the bench. Hundred percent. I think he should have started against Brentford at the time. I mean, there was this. Um, there's a Twitter page where it shows what football players do on fantasy football, and people were kind of Cody and that transferred out Jimenez in for Chan. And so I thought at that point, fantastic, great decision from okay. the manager. To then have seen Jimenez start that game with surprise. And like I say, his performance in that game, I think we've got to be a bit ruthless now. And there's a debate to be had with this and there already is one beginning that 
he chan he looks sharper than Jimenez by an absolute country mile at the moment. Does, Those yeah. cameos he's had, that goal, I mean, it was a bit of a topo, but he just looks far more on the pace. And obviously he's called Raul Jimenez, he's, he's scored goals, this, that and the other, but it's almost tripping into, if this continues in the next few games, that kind of Nuno debate from last season, oh, because it's Nuno, we've got to keep him on. I think he's been thrown into the deep end, Jimenez. I think he should have been eased in slightly as the season started. So yeah. for me, 100%, I don't think he should just start for the cup game, he chan he should definitely start, I think, on at the weekend as well at this rate. Yeah, I, I think he's probably played himself into contention. Um, he, unless you change to maybe a 4-4-2, four, 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 a 4-3-3, four, four, maybe? Or maybe the... Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's tough, JB. And I get the point you're making. How do you start him and Ez? And how do you play him? Yeah, how yeah. do you play him? Does he, does he play in that number 10 role? Because to be honest with you, I'd still like to see Pedence come in because every time Pedence has come on, I think I thought he's, he looked sharp. I thought he looked yeah. bright against Brentford. I thought he looked bright against Watford. So, you know, we have we have got four of attacking players, which is crazy. Ben, we didn't have a shot on target yeah. on Saturday. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, but, that's true. But, 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 yeah, I, I think, you know, did, will Fabio Silva get run out tomorrow? You know, because let's be honest with you, and, and this is where, it, it, and I've touched on it in, in, the, in, in the previous couple of last week's pods and Harry's picked it up nicely as well. You know, we are only a couple of injuries away from, from from being in banging trouble squad wise, and there's going to be a couple of under 23s banging up our bench. And for me, Fabio Silva had hardly any minutes. And I just think if Jimenez isn't up to speed, or he does get a knock, or Juan gets an or anything, that boy needs to. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'd like to see Fabio and Juan start tomorrow. I don't know how we do it whether you play him as a two. You know, I'm I'm not quite whether he did whether he did a, and, and Bruno has played four four two. That was his predominantly favoured formation when he when he smashed all those record records with Benfica. So I wouldn't mind seeing Silva and 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 Huang playing as up to as a top. So Silva gets minutes under his belt because I think the thing is Jimenez and for those of you that follow me on Twitter, you'd have seen my, my sort of opinion on what happened on Saturday. We, we the Premier League is ruthless and there's no room for sentiment. And and Jimenez has been a class act. There is a class act. But the moment he's miles off it, and I made the point that said if Fabio Silva, injury or no injury, had put in those five performances, oh, like he, would Raul has, he would have been torn apart on Twitter yeah. and and Wolves and Wolves whatever, absolutely torn apart. Um, and so there's an element of that again, Harry's nailed it. That element of Nuno be grateful for what he's done for us. We ain't got time. We've got three points on the board. We're heading into three games before the international break that we should be looking at winning. And if we don't. We're banging trouble, actually. We, 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 need, we need to be... And, and I said, I think I summed it up, Bruno needs to put his big boy pants on this next seven days. Let's see what minerals he's got because I think there's some calls to be made. Yeah, and if if Fabio Silva and Huang Yichan start to get minutes, that might put... Um, yeah, yeah. Wind up Jimenez and he thinks, okay, I've got... Well, yeah, I'm yeah. sure he's trying his hardest anyway, but you know, sure. he's got to find that extra gear, find that bit of sharpness. Um, and I'm sure he will, uh, but you haven't got time to to waste really like you say JB it's a really pivotal point in the season for Wolves because of the run of fixtures they simply have to get points on the board and that ties into the the last thing I want to really talk about um, on Wolves Um, on the pitch the performances have been good until the Brentford game um, which Wolves didn't really turn up for Um, on the table um Things aren't looking amazing for Wolves. Obviously, three points in five games. Um, you're in a relegation battle according to the table, but the performance yeah. level, particularly in those first three games, has been more like a team pushing for Europe. Where do you think this season is going? Uh, Harry, I'll ask you first. Where do you think this season is going for Wolves? Is it a relegation battle? Will it be a top-half finish? I think that... The football, I mean, it's mad how football can work sometimes because we play those three games, we go on the right side of the results, we get nine points, we go, we go to Watford, we win that. Everybody would be thinking, right, we could get Europe here. But because of the first three results, it's that momentum. And I think almost it got to the stage against Manchester United, dare I say, that there was beginning to be a little bit of a confidence problem with the players in terms of finishing. And it took that own goal, I think, to try and get us going. And even he Chan's goal wasn't a world-class strike. It was a bit of a scruffy goal. <laughs> so it's mad how momentum works now, because now we're in a position. Like it's, I think we've all, we have been quite fortunate, because it was one of the first times in ages that last week I was looking at the Burnley and Norwich games, kind of hoping they didn't win. 
So we stayed above the bottom three in that, which is quite rare for Wolves a lot of the time because we used to, we've had bad starts before. I think our second season in the Premier had a bad start, but we have consistently been, until last season, top 10. So we'll wait and see. I just think that what concerns me is that an argument of not signing an established centre-back over the summer as well. Look how good Marcel and uh, Kilman have been this start of this season and then all of a sudden against Brentford we started to see that they're not exactly world class are they well, and those course. are great players was poor as well in that that, I mean don't get me I mean Sice I think should have been gone a couple of seasons ago I think how he's still starting so many games but Marcel and Kilman they're good to have in the squad but they shouldn't be relied upon as much as we're probably going to have to this season as it stands they should be squad players to bring on when there's maybe a suspension here or for 20 minutes there as it stands with our starting eleven, as long as we keep playing that football and creating chances, something's got to give. I mean, especially with Jimenez. I mean, there was a uh, chance he had against Watford. Jimenez of two, three seasons, probably he would have scored that. His header against Brentford, he would have scored that. Get he channel silver in form on those chances. We will score more goals. Of that, I have no doubt. I think so. As long as we start to get a bit of momentum on our side especially without Europe, there is no reason why we can't get top half. It's just that momentum of needing to have that one convincing game where we play well like we have, but we, we win by three or four goals or two or three goals. And once we do that, hopefully we can we can start to make some progress. But two, three injuries, we could be in for a real dose of reality. Like I say, checking the results so that Burnley and that loss is not something we've been that too used to. But there is yeah. that cycle sometimes where you have your time in the sun and then it might go wrong. We'll have to wait and see. But if we do play the right football and get the right results, then there's no reason why we can't get top 10. Yeah. Uh, JB, what do you think? Do you think you're in a relegation battle? Do you think you'll end up in Europe? It's. I know that's a strange question to ask. No, no, it's, listen, it's not strange. Kind of I, I, I think it's a really good question to ask because it's such a... I think Wolves probably out, out of most teams in England, really. I mean, we're in a really funny transition phase where... I hate that word, transition... Um, you, you know, we're, we're kind of we, like so we've played really, really well, haven't got the points we've deserved. Uh, a lot of confidence going to the Brentford game, they did an absolute number on us. Um, and then obviously, it's a bit of a, of a, of a reality check for me. It's still very early days to, 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 to know which way it's going to go. I, 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 I don't think we'll be in a relegation battle. I don't, I don't think the Brentford game defines our season or defines us as a, as, as a thing. I personally underestimated Brentford. Listen, we're football fans. We don't always have the knowledge and capacity to... I thought we'd have too much for Brentford. Actually, they were very, very efficient. I spoke to, again, good friend of the show, Kirko, who's a, who's a big Villa fan, who'll be joining us in a couple of weeks. And, you know, we were talking about it. And he said, look, Brentford are a very, very good side. They, they played very well at Villa Park. Um, he says, and that they, they are, you know, they are in the form of like a top eight side. They're a good side. And they came and did a number on us. So I don't think it defines our season. For me... Um, I think Harry's right. I think it was the two years ago, the 2019-2020 season, we had two points after six games. I think we yeah. were in 19. Um, and we ended up finishing seventh that year. Um, so that shows how quickly things can change. Yeah. Um, I do think we're one, I do think we're one good, good performance and win away from going on a bit of a run. Um, I think we'll be okay. I, I, I think I think it's optimistic to think we'll be challenging for Europe. I really do. I, I think the Brentford game sort of reality checked us a little bit but I think we should be comfortable mid-table looking to get into the top half I think we have we have got if we stay injury-free I think we'll have as a squad I think we've got enough to be looking at that sort of area of the table um, and I think Bruno I hope and I think he will learn from Saturday um, yeah and be able to kick on from it yeah I think so Harry anything you want to add on Wolves before we return to our trivia question no, I just think I think it's a, a good end to say that the Wolves board seem quite intent on signing more Wolves musicians than players, yeah, which is quite yeah, interesting. What was this about? I saw this on. They've started a partnership with Warner. Yeah, we, we've got a new record label called Wolves Records, where they said, I mean, this is quite funny. They say, send your music in to our website, and we'll try and sign a few up and start a record label. It's just a there bit strange. Go, Harry. A if bit of an odd. Wolves fan deserves to, a record deal for their work no, in the community. It's you think... covering, uh, was it? Who did you cover? Jay Sean. Oh, Jay Sean, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I get a couple of them at Studio Quality. That would be number one with a bullet, I think. That's that's the sound of, it, of next summer, especially if West Brom don't go up. Then yeah. there might be a little song in the works on Wolves Records. I'll get SX to do a rap in one of the verses. And there you go. Brilliant. Top man. Brilliant. Okay, so 
You've had a little bit of time to think about it. Everybody at home's had a little bit of time to think about it. You've got seven of the 12 so far. But I want to know, who are the other five of the 12 Portuguese players with over 100 Premier League appearances? Just to recap, you've currently got Boamorte, Ronaldo, Nani, Paulo Ferreira, Ricardo Carvalho, Ruben Neves and João Moutinho. Five to go. Well, I can't believe we missed it. He's, he's got to, I can't believe we missed him when we said, what, well, surely Patricio. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Patricio, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Well, yeah. He, played every, he played every game. You do very um, well. Oh, gosh, Portuguese. I'm actually, rather than thinking of like Prem team, I'm actually thinking of like the Portuguese national side. That's why I keep uh, trying to get uh, back uh, to. Uh, over the last sort of, um, well, what is it, 20, 20 years this year now? Mm-hmm. 30 years. God, 30 years. 30, yeah, 30 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, side note, by the way, what I'm thinking, bit of a shout out. I don't know if you boys have watched it or any anybody listens to this. Fever BBC pitch. Fever Pitch, what a great that program! By the way, I've loved that. Great, yeah. fantastic. The last episode next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, BBC Two, it's on iPlay. It's about the how the Premier League started in the Premier League story. Mm-hmm. He's predominantly Man United based. Let's be honest, but Man United were the main team of the '90s. It's fantastic, really good watch. Really, really good watch. Yeah, I've, I think not, I've one... not seen it. I'll, I'll watch oh, it. Oh, man, B- BBC Two. It's the last episode next week, but you'll get it on iPlayer. Sorry, back to trivia. Yeah, back to trivia. Um, um, just to just give you a bit of a clue, they're all sort of post-2000. They're all... they're all, And it ties okay. in with when Portuguese football, um, you know, became a superpower of Europe, really, um, around the turn of the century. Um, obviously, Figo never played in here, but like when your Figos and Ronaldo's were yeah, the world, or what, rather when Ronaldo started to come through and Figo was already on top of the world, that sort of era. Um, so they're all the last twenty years of the Premier League, rather than the first ten. Yeah, people are going to be screaming, going heavy in this phase. There's going to be Go some on. big names, isn't there? That, that there's, clearly there's, left. So there. you've got you're missing. I'd probably say you're missing one big name. One big name, okay. and then you're missing three. You should be getting, but yeah, yeah, and the ones that you kind of kick yourself for. So, if I tell you that um, one of oh, the... uh, what's his face? Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, God, what's his what's his name? And Anderson is he Portuguese? No, he was, was Brazilian, he, he was Brazilian, Brazilian, wasn't he? He, he crossed yeah. my mind. Yeah, said a Diego yeah. Costa, then I realised yeah. he's Spanish. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, when he wants to be, um, yes. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> So one of them is a current Premier League winner, a Premier League medal holder, Premier League winner of last season, I should say. He's in Bernardo the... Silva. Yeah, there's nine yeah. out of yeah. twelve. Shout, yeah, good lad. Seventy-five percent down now. Yeah, um, there's three to go. I'll give you a clue. One club links two of them, and that's club okay. Southampton. Oof. That's who Bamwater okay. played for as well, Southampton. Oh, Jose Font. That's Jose one. Font, two to there go. go. That's yeah. Two okay, good shout. Well done. Is it Lille now? I was, I was thinking of him, but I wasn't sure if he'd, if he'd played that many games. Um, is it Lille? I think. Um, Jose Font. Still hanging on, I think. Yeah, just about. Yeah, because he, 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 he won League One alongside Botman yeah. last year, didn't they? That, yeah. Um, I think. I think. Um, oh, gosh. If you say the clubs, will it will, will it be pretty pretty um, easy? Or no, one of them's current, um, and he used to play for Southampton. One of them is a current Premier League player who used to play for Southampton. Oh God, he's got. Is, is, does he play? He's got to play Liverpool now. Then, initial. Sure. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Might be, mightn't it? It's not Liverpool. Uh, oh. uh, no, no. Uh, used to play for Southampton, Portuguese. Oh goodness me! He's still in the Prem. Still in the Prem. Yeah, it's so easy on the. Uh, well, the it's easy. It's easy because I can see them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, so I've played three Premier League games this what, season. What, what position does he play? There we are, guys. He's a right back. Oh, he's a right back. He's a right back. He used to play for Southampton. Now plays for another Premier League team. Oh my God! People are gonna be absolutely. I'm. I'm us not getting this right back. Southampton. Yeah, I think you might get hammered if you don't get it with with such a detailed clue, JB. Um, Harry, any ideas on the right back that used to play for Southampton um, now plays for another Premier League club? The thing is, when I think of Southampton right backs, is that Nathaniel Klein? Was he right back? 
He was, that's but all he I, definitely wasn't That's Portuguese. all I think about. That's the thing, yeah. I mean, is that I can see a ride back for Southampton and, and I can and I I know he, I think he was Portuguese. He he current moved. Premier League club. I, know, I think I know. I think he plays for. Um, did he play for Arsenal? Yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah. I know he's, but I can't remember what his name is. The other it's, one, um, it, Cedric. It, so, if it's Arsenal, Cedric, well done. There you go. Work, lads. Uh, yeah. See, I, I, did, I couldn't think of his then. name. Is, is it Jota? It's not Jota, and I was amazed. Mm. It's not Jota. Oh, I thought Jota mm. would have. He's got to be close. He's got to be on ninety-seven. And what? Talking yeah. of right back. Because I swear he did the rounds. Is it was Boswinger? Yeah, Boswinger. Boswinger. Bos- yeah. But is that I'm not sure yeah. how you say. It. Yeah, I think it's Boswinger. Um, Bos- he, he did the rounds a bit, didn't very he? Good. That's the twelfth one. Yeah, he was at Chelsea. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. He went I wouldn't, QPR, yeah. didn't he as well? I think that's yeah, what it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would wow. not have got the Cedric. I would fair, not have got the Cedric one. No teamwork chance. makes the dream work, there, lads. I mean, yeah. That you polish those yeah. off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyone at home, let us know how you got on. Uh, give us a tweet at BCR Pod. Um, JB, it's over to you next week for the trivia. Maybe don't do yes, the answers, but with the two of you working. No, on no, it, that's a know. really good question, though. That was a fantastic <laughs> question. I like that, mate. I like that. Really good. Yeah. Very, very good. Uh, when I saw that one, I thought with the Wolves link, yeah, yeah. I would ask. Uh-huh. Um, okay, on to Albion. We have remained unbeaten, which is a positive. Um, but there were some more boos from the away end at Deepdale. Um, some people are growing increasingly unhappy with the style of play, which, and I covered this last time, I I don't agree with. I don't think you should be booing after eight games. I don't think you should be booing a manager who's unbeaten. And I don't think you should be booing this particular style of play anyway, because yes, we've come a little bit unstuck and we look you know, slightly devoid of ideas, but... It's an exciting way to play most of the time. It is a difficult, it makes you a very difficult side to beat, which is how you get promoted out of the championship. And it's early days. Um, And, you know, it it will take a little bit of time to implement uh, the style of play effectively. There are things that Albion are trying to do, which frustrate. Um, For example, a lot of vertical passes, which or long balls, whatever you want to call them, a lot of long balls, which don't always come off, which can sometimes give the ball back to the opposition and so on and so on and so on. But there's no side in the championship conceded less shots on their goal than Albion this season because we don't take any risks and the, the game is played in our opponent's half. That's a quality that the best teams in world football have. Um, and I know it's a bit of a... A, a basic way of achieving it, but we're achieving that. We've also had more shots than anyone else on our opponent's goal, which again is a byproduct of this attacking play. We're dangerous from set pieces. We're dangerous from throws. Um, we were dangerous from throws last season as well, as Wolves found out. Um, <laughs> but we are, <laughs> but we are sitting third. We're a couple of points off the top of the table. I don't think it's a crisis point. Um, I don't know. Outside looking in, I don't know what you two make of it. What What do you think to be booing a team who's third um, with eight games played and they're sitting unbeaten? Bearing in mind both Bournemouth and Fulham have lost already. The Harry? Wolves fans are mental. I th- yeah, well, I, I'm pretty sure Wolves <laughs> fans are mental, but so are Albion fans. Looking <laughs> 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 in the water in the Black Country. Uh, go on, Harry. Well, I think the. You could, I mean, the championship is such a tough league to to get results in. I mean, look at Sheffield United. You could easily have happened, been what they've happened so yeah. far, losing and then having a bad start. So it is a bit harsh to boo yeah. I mean, after that. I mean, it, I've seen West Brom a couple of times. And at the end of the day, I think the championship is about making sure that you get that good start, get that momentum and just getting results and getting out of there. I mean, you, you can play pretty patterns all you like in the championship. At the end of the day, a football club, you want to get, obviously you want to have an identity, but you want to be getting back into the Premier League and, and trying to compete at the, at the top level. So I think to have that unbeaten start and to be third in the league, I mean, obviously West Brom, you'll watch the games, every, every, so you'll have more of an opinion on it than any other yeah. Supporters from the outside, but it's a bit harsh to be booing, isn't it? I mean, he's made you competitive straight away. You've had Bournemouth first game; that was difficult start, and to kick well, on from top there. Now, so yeah, 
exactly. So it, it's not, I think, been the worst of starts for West Brom. And it surely it is about getting the manager in. Obviously, Ismail uh, Barnsley, the football wasn't exactly ticky-tacka. But I think the Barnsley fans really bought into it. I think the players really bought into it. And they had a good identity and they got to the playoffs. So at the end of the day, in the championship, knowing how competitive that league is and knowing how every team can beat everyone, I think West Brom, things could have been a lot, lot worse. You can see with teams there, Wolves, when we went down, went straight back down into League One again. It can be a really tough league yeah, and it can be quite sure. difficult to get any momentum or to have a good season. So I think to to boo, especially after a draw, I mean, fair enough if you lost, but to boo after a draw, I don't know. I don't know. I think that yeah. you'll wait and see in the championship because there's some teams that float around mid-table most of the season and they'll win a few games and get into that top six positions and their sides that will be pretty solid and then fall out. So there's a lot of football to be played looking at the championship. But yeah. I think that they did well with that with, with Ishmael as a manager. You could have appointed far worse, I think. So we'll wait I, and see. I agree. I, I'm, I've massively bought into what he's trying to do. Um, you touched there on having an identity and we've certainly got one. Um, yeah. It's really, really important to me as a football fan to have a little bit of direction. Um, we've often been guilty of short-term appointments, um, which kind of are square pegs in square holes for for short periods of time. Uh, but it's nice to have appointed someone who um, wants to bring a style of play um, and an ethos to the club, not just um, a stopgap who plays defensive football and is trying to win um, enough points to stay up in the Premier League. It's it's really refreshing to have a manager who sets his teams up to be attacking. Um, and even if people aren't happy with the football, there's no one out there, no reasonable fan could sit and tell me that we're not attacking, um, which is kind of, you want that as a minimum in the championship. When you go down, when you're relegated from the, from the Premier League, you want to be the side who play on the front foot. You want to impose yourself on games, uh, which we're doing. Obviously, not always with the ball. And this is where a lot of the disgruntlement might come from. Uh, I do have to say, though, it is a small minority of Albion fans. Um, but it does seem to be growing uh, with each game we draw. Um, nearly every team in the league, I'm sure, would swap with us to have our squad and have our manager and be third and be unbeaten after eight games. We're the only side who are unbeaten after eight games. Um, so I, I really don't think it's all that bad. Um JV, we have so we covered this a little bit last week, but um, yeah, do you echo Harry's thoughts there that it's, it, it's yeah premature? Yes, but yeah, very much so. I, th- I think a couple of points really. I think comparatively, um, I suppose the only time I can really compare is um, when Wolves got relegated uh, from the Prem in, in, into the Champ about uh, nine years ago. It was now, um, and our squad. Our first eleven that year was a very very good eleven. Uh, the, the the new guy saw back who came at that time was back. Saw back and came in Champions League manager. Yeah, okay, didn't know England that well, but good pedigree. Um, and we were actually sitting third come October. Uh, I think I think about this time into the season we were very much the same as you. I think we we, we I've got if my memory serves me right. I think we beat Blackburn one 0 and we we went up to third. Um, and things were quite rosy. And look what happened. And yeah. things can, and, and listen, I'm not for one second comparing Wolves to Albion in that way. There was a lot, there's a lot of tox, toxicity within the club at that, that point. And it, and it, it, would only, it was only going to take one or two bad results to make that club turn at the time. But ultimately, we had a very good start that year and it, and, it, and it crumbled before our very eyes. So things can turn quickly. And I think Albion fans, the ones that are booing, probably need a bit of a reality check. Um, I can't I think, believe I they think, have. <laughs> that does make me yeah. laugh. I, th- I think I, th- I think the big thing for me is, and and I suppose you you epitomise it a bit, Kieran. Um, how you've really brought into to Ishmael the way he plays, the way you spoke about it, and I don't know if some Albion fans basically expected Albion to literally obliterate every team every game for ninety minutes, and he'd be like that for forty six games for the rest of the season. And maybe they've kind of underestimated that teams are going to sush you at times. You are going to have poor games. You know, because you're not Barcelona. Well, Barcelona ain't a really good example anymore, are they? But if you know what I'm saying, you know, you, yeah. you're not the best side in Europe. You know, you are going to have games where your players don't turn up, like Wolves didn't against Brentford and things like that. You know, you're not going to blow teams away. Yes, there's going to be some games where you're unbelievable and then the, the president is set. A bit like what Wolves did, but it's, it's, it's quite parallel in different ways. The expectation has been set by how well you've played for those first sort of, for, was it the first five, six games, really. 
yeah. buying the Peterborough game. Um, you know, because of the, you know that that full throttle. I mean, that heat map that me and SR were talking about that we shared, which is a ridiculous. I think I've ever seen like that before in my life. You know, in terms of where your players were, yeah. um, the bar's been set in terms of that. So when a team nullifies you, you don't turn up. People are going to go, oh bloody hell, bloody hell. But maybe some fans have just took it a little bit too extreme because they're expecting it all the time. A little bit like how we went into Brentford thinking we were going to do there and we're kicking yes. on and going to get into Europe. We've had a bit of a reality check and actually, do you know what? There's good teams out there. Teams will come with a game plan and do a number on you sometimes, you know, and, and it's just how you ride that wave and how you move on a little bit. Yeah. Um, and again, and again, like you said, we, we said this, what we said it last week, didn't we? We said there's going to be, we could be talking on this podcast and there could be questions being asked. Ishmael's going to have questions, not negative questions like, oh my gosh, we need a complete overhaul and revamp of what I'm doing. He's not going to change his philosophy, but again, three draws in games you, you expect to win. Some fans getting a bit itchy feet. You know, he's got questions to ask, but for me, he's third, unbeaten. <laughs> you know, like... Could have been much better, really, could it? Yeah, you know. every game. You know, it's, it's yeah, a bit well, bonkers, really. It, it's, yeah. It, yeah. I, uh, I think that um, in the... If we were sitting third and unbeaten in any other league in the world, we'd be happy. But there's something about yeah. the championship when no one ever seems happy. Yeah. <laughs> the only way, the only way you think they'd boo is if they didn't want to go up and they think yeah. that there's a chance you might. I, I, I think, to be fair, I think most Albion fans enjoy the championship more than the Premier League. Maybe that was why then. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's yeah. This is This is awful. We need to lose a game. So we <laughs> uh, but... I, I I understand disgruntlement with the with the style of play, but I, I can't get on board with booing. I just can't. I, yeah. I, I act, we said this last week, JB. I, I'm not a yeah. booer anyway. No, um, no. Even even if we, you know, if it was a disaster, I might think about maybe directing boos towards the board or whatever it might be uh, as an absolute last resort. But I've never done that. Um, so yeah, but very very strange really to to have such an air of negativity when we're doing. Um, relatively well um, and also as Harry touched on with Wolves not every loss is made equal in football uh, you sometimes don't get what you deserve um, and we were the better team by a country mile against Derby we were very unlucky to concede the goal against Preston in the way we did big deflection wrong footed the goalkeeper and it's rolled in and that's not to say we deserve to win that Preston game though uh, but we were unlucky with the goal um, because even when we play badly, like we played badly against Peterborough, like we played badly against Derby in the first half, like we played badly against Millwall, we're restricting our chance, the opposition chances so much that at an absolute maximum, they're getting one, two good chances. Millwall had quite a few good chances, but still only one goal. And that's the style of play. Yes, it might not always look pretty, but it's so effective. Um, and not in a Tony Pulis way, not in a Mick McCarthy way, in a... This is totally different to what we've seen at the Hawthorns before, kind of way. Um, and I think in time, he'll win the rest of the fan base over. Um, and that's not to put Tony Pulis and Mick McCarthy down. I'm just saying that this is not the same. Um, this is not that direct football that, funny enough, I say, not the direct football that relies on a big target man. But we did start Jordan Hugel in the last game, and I'm not impressed. Um, I'd sooner have the three of Robinson, Grant, Diangana, or Phillips in for one of those because we've looked much, much better with that um, pacey front line in my eyes. Um, but unless there's anything either of you want to add, shall we move on to previewing? Um, yeah, let's, let's go. Weekend. So we did touch on Wolves Spurs in the Cup. Uh, I just want a prediction for this because we spoke a little bit about formation, personnel. Harry, how do you see that one going? Um, it's, it's always difficult to predict the League Cup games yeah. because you don't know how seriously either we're going to take yeah. it or Spurs are going to take it. Like I said, I was surprised when we played that strong a side against Nottingham Forest in the previous round. So if that is an indication that Bruno wants to take the League Cup seriously... Um, I think we can beat them. I think when we played them at Molyneux, we played them off the park. Bar that penalty that Dele Alli scored, they didn't really get that close to, to having a sniff against us. So as long as we replicate that, and I imagine that maybe that Palace and Chelsea result might make Nuno think, right, I've got to play a strong team here because I've got to win a game, got to get a bit of momentum. But they've got a lot of fixture congestion as well with the Conference League and that. So yeah. whether or not he parks this one, I'm not too sure. But I'm just guessing that we'll play a strong team Spurs will play an 8 out of 10 strength sides. And I genuinely think 
that this is going to be a win for us. And I think it will be a 1-0 win. I don't think we're going to outscore them. I don't think they're going to outscore us. But I think we might score a second half goal and hold on, I think, to, to win 1-0, hopefully. Yeah, JB, what do you reckon? How do you see it going? Yeah, I, I summed it up. I think it was a funny one, really. Um, I, th- I think if Spurs had got a result at the weekend, I think Nuno would have been more inclined to play a lesser team. But let me tell you now, that man is under pressure at Spurs big time. That fan base yes. is turning massively. They are not happy with what they are seeing. Um, they are not happy at all. And I think he could do with a win to appease that fan base. But I, I just think we've got to win tomorrow. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Spurs have got full strength. I think even Spurs at full strength. Like I said, the league game, we absolutely played them off the park. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I, 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 think, I think we'll win tomorrow. And I think we'll... Add a bit more, put a bit more heat on Nuno's plate, and I think I'm going to go two one. Yeah, I think Wolves will win that one as well. I think uh, Wolves one nil for me, uh, Harry. That was what you said, wasn't it? 1-0? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, it was I... not going to be a because Nuno, you know, for a fact, Nuno's teams don't score in the first half, so I reckon they'll <laughs> keep it cagey. It'll be nil nil, <sighs> and then we'll we'll score. I think in in the second half, and they'll yeah. just won't create. Saying Nuno's Nuno. Nuno. teams don't score in the first half, and. I think you'll find Bruno's teams just don't score, Harry. So don't score for <laughs> That's why I said, yeah, it'll be one nil. It might yeah. be an own goal or something. I don't know. Own goal, yeah. Um, it might be a Matt Dunphy own goal um, scoring for Wolves. Yeah, he'll, so he'll play. He'll, he'll, he'll yeah, he play. will play. 100%, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he's not getting in there starting eleven at the moment. No. Um, and Wolves at the weekend. Uh, remind me who you're playing, JB. Southampton away Sunday afternoon. Way of Sky Sports Live. Two Wolves yes. uh, players in my fantasy team. Um, annoyingly, the only two not to return for me this week. A big 89-point week um, for me week. in FPL. Yeah, huge week, apart from Samedo and Jimenez. And I, <laughs> I have a rule that I don't rely on Wolves or Villa players because I can't make the same unclouded, non-biased judgment on them. Um, and I don't know why I brought Samedo and Jimenez um, because that breaks that rule. And I'm already thinking about getting rid of them um, <laughs> even though I've only wild carded recently but anyway um, that's that's a totally different podcast an FPL podcast would be a totally different podcast mm-hmm. however um, I did notice um, that Wolves were playing Southampton away and I was a little bit worried about that fixture as an FPL manager um, how are you feeling about it as Wolves fans? Harry? I don't. I mean, Southampton at the start of the season, I thought they'd be one of the sides to really struggle. But then they have nicked a point now, haven't they, against Manchester City and Manchester United? So part of me thinks they're clearly still well organised. That they're able to get results. It depends how we approach the game. Like I said, when we play Brentford, I think Brentford just got the approach bang on, and their time wasting in the second half. It's what you've got to do sometimes <laughs> to get the win. And Southampton kind of come across to me as well with Hasenhutter as a team that. As soon as we give them an inch, I think they'll read the game well and I think they can grind out a result, if not a win. It's how we approach it. Those first 10, 20 minutes, I would, we, we need to get an early goal, I think. If we have a game where we've scored early, even the Watford goals were so late, we get an early 1-0 and then the, what, Southampton have to press forward and there's going to be more space at the back. That could be the catalyst we need to have a really good result. But if it kind of meanders into the second half, goalless and that I don't see us getting a win and I think Southampton with their home advantage might nick a, nick a result so I'm not too sure I think if I have to predict I would so I would so love us to win in terms of a biased match predict I'd love it to be a 2-3-0 win and then we kick on <laughs> and then we plummet up the table but I just part of me that Brentford game it depends I think as well as how we play against Spurs because if we have a few goals against them that might give us momentum on Sunday so if I go with my prediction in the midweek and we beat Spurs 1-0 and we play Southampton, I think it's going to be, I think, 1-1. I, I just don't see us at this. Because of Southampton having those two plucky results against the big teams, I just think as it stands where we both are at the moment, I think they've got just enough organisation to, to get a result. But if we score an early goal, then, then we'll win, no doubt. Interesting. Yeah, I think you touched on something earlier where you said there's a confidence problem. I think that's yeah. right. I think and an early goal would do Wolves. They, the world are good. Um, Southampton haven't won yet, but as you said, uh, Harry, they've got a, mm-hmm. some really good points on the board. Uh, four draws yeah. and just the one loss. JB, how do you see it going? Um, yeah, it's, it's a funny one, really. A difficult one to predict, to be fair. Um, 
again, it's one of those games where I think I say, I, I say whenever I genuinely struggle, I think I think you could you could put money on on any result either way that the Southampton yeah. win, the Wolves win, or, or the draw, and 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 either one of them could come in. But I'm going to back us. I am going to back us. I, I, I've just, I think, I think, I'm hoping that if we if we get the result that I predicted tomorrow that we win, that will give us a bit more, you know, a bit of confidence to, to kick on in the league. Southampton, yes, they've got two fantastic lucky results again against the Manchester sides in recent weeks, um, and and they are a good side. But I look at the way that we went to Southampton. I know it's a different side. We've got no Neto. We've got Trincao. You know, I, I look at how we dealt with Southampton last year, and I'm really hoping that, that we can, we can have a some like a, a kind of a similar performance to that. Um, we, we we've always done well at Southampton in recent years, um, and like I said, I, I can see it sort of panning out very similar to Watford wise. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm going to sit my neck on the line a little bit. I'm going to go to Tunnel Wolves. Okay, so uh, Harry fancies the draw. JB thinks yep. you'll win. Um, I'm going to go nil nil. Sorry. Sky Sports The TV's getting locked at the remote's getting locked at the TV big time. I'm going to go nil. Honker. An absolute Sunday afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. The kind way you do it and you think, oh, for God, why have I wasted my Sunday watching this? I'm going to go nil. I think both solid teams, but both teams obviously very attacking. So I could I could end up with egg on my face and it could be absolutely miles off <laughs> I, I think nil nil for whatever reason um no the team really got up and running so far this season um yeah albion also on sky sports this weekend or rather this week uh, it's friday night for albion um they don't always like the friday night fixtures i love a, a, a saturday fixture um qpr at home under the lights um we need a win qpr have started okay um good championship clash i feel like you can say that most weeks in the championship but i feel like it should be a a really good game to watch qpr um this season just let me check the table here qpr this season sitting in eighth but they've lost their last two uh, they had started very well i'm surprised to see they've dropped to eighth to be honest i hadn't ke- been keeping an eye on their last couple of games um because they did start very well uh, they're definitely definitely a fan base and a team who will be looking to finish in the top six this season um so after three games where we really should have been winning, we've now got a game where it would be really good to win. Um, but I'm expecting a, a really tough uh, evening. It should be interesting under the lights. Uh, it should be interesting on Sky again because we've played well on Sky this season. We've um, we beat Paul, uh, Peterborough in the last minute. Sheffield United four uh, nil. We drew with Bournemouth. Um, and there might have been one more, but we've we've collected okay results when we've been on TV. Maybe the team like it, or maybe it's a total coincidence. Um, but I fancy us to under the lights with the home support um, on a Friday night. I fancy us to go back to that fast-paced style of play that is going to um, be a little bit too much to handle for QPR. I am going to go for a. 2-1 Albion win um, maybe we'll go 2-0 up and then they'll score later on it'll be nervy but I, I think 2-1 um, JV where do you think the points are going at the Hawthorns on Friday night yeah good side QPR I, I think you're right I think I think, I think they should be there thereabouts I think they've got the capacity to, to pick up results when they need to but um, yeah I agree I think Ishmael will have looked at the last three weeks uh, last three weeks last three games and, and we'll be looking to, to right any wrongs that, that have gone on uh, like I said, there's always something about playing at home under the light on the on the TV. It's it just that's, you know, there's something about it, isn't there? Like I say, and on a Friday night as well, people finishing work, a few beers, it, it's set up to uh, to be a decent game. But for me, yeah, I think I've been too much, um, and I'll go three one Albion. Okay, three one Albion. Harry, your two pence. Well, really, I mean, if we were doing this on a Twitter space live with like a few hundred West Brom fans listening in, I'd probably say something like 3 4 nil QPR. Don't worry, I won't tell them whatever you predict. Mate, <laughs> Obviously, on a, on a fine podcast like this, being um, down, down the line, I think that you guys have made that good start. And the, the beauty of a championship is the games are tough. But a team like West Brom, it's in their DNA sometimes to have some really good championship seasons, be a tough side to beat, especially at home. 
and just get results, especially when the games come thick and fast. And QPR have made a solid start. Obviously, Warburton's a manager. They've, they've done well and he's got experience in the league. But I just think West Brom, this is... When you hired Ismail, you've got already that manager with the championship experience. And I just think these... You're going to... I don't like to say it, even though I would kind of like another go at the Black Country derby next season. But I think you have got what it takes with your squad as well to basically have a really good run this season, finishing the top two. So I think, it, yeah. like I say, it could be a difficult game, but you've got the tools. You've got the tools to beat anyone in this league, especially at home. Yeah, for sure. And, and you, that, the style of play as well um, is a bit of a lottery, but the style of play, if if it's on, you cannot beat that team. Jed Wallace was quoted last year, the Millwall player, um, said on record, he's never at any level of football played a team like Valerian Ishmael's Barnsley. Uh, and that's not, oh, I've never played a team that good. It's I've never played a game of football like that. That's how yeah. different and difficult it can be to play um, Ishmael's Albion. Um, yeah, you touched on there, will there be a Black Country Derby next season? It's highly possible that uh, West Brom finish in the top two, we go up, yeah. um, and there's still not a Black Country Derby next season. Yeah, we have to stay up first, don't we? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Focus on scoring a proper goal first and then staying up, and then, then we'll see, won't we? <laughs> maybe steps, maybe steps. Um, unless there's anything either of you want to add, or score prediction from Harry. 2-0 West Brom. 2-0 West Brom. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Harry, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining yes. us again. JB, thank you for joining me for our weekly No chat. problem. Um, shout out to Oslo. Um, obviously, we're huge in Scandinavia. Um, gargantuan yeah. in Scandinavia. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, Martin, if you're listening, uh, shout out to Martin from a pub in Camden on Saturday morning or Saturday early afternoon. Wolves fan, who I ended up watching the game with. Um I think he recognised the accent and turned to chat. Um, Martin followed us on Twitter, said he was going to listen to the podcast. Martin, if you did, um, give us a little tweet. Uh, if you didn't, Martin, shame. I thought we had something special. Um, and to everybody <laughs> else, including Martin, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next week uh, for the Black Country Ramble. <laughs>